0: Been a a little little while, been a couple of battles. I'll kind of share with you tonight. I mean, this is a message, but it's more like a journal. I mean, I I can't, I don't even really know the title. (laughs) It's just, I just wanted to share from my heart with you tonight. If that's okay with you, amen. Sorry. I want to talk about... You know, when David went to battle with Goliath, there's a lot that leads up to that story. You know, David is one of the greatest men of God ever. You know, he is a type and shadow of of Jesus. You know, when you look at the Old Testament, he literally was a picture of the things that Christ would come and fulfill. This it, David is not folklore. It, 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 G, David is not some Jewish campfire fairy tale that was that was told. David was a real person. You know, earlier this year we had went to Israel, and we were going really underground at, in the city of David. And, I mean, these it was just an amazing time. It was an amazing area to look out and see all of the 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 empire really that that David f- had a hand in creating through the Lord and as i was walking around and i was thinking man this kingdom towers over any civilization ever and will tower again one day and i was reminded of how it all started and i started to think man i want to study the life of David you know jesus came and defeated the spiritual enemy, which was Satan and his dominion. But David was a picture of who would who would ultimately kill Goliath. And Goliath was the giant that was taunting Israel and trying to get them to cease as a, as a nation. Now, symbolically, there are many giants in our own life. We have sickness, depression, anything that... That is insurmountable or seems insurmountable. It may, it may be some type of emotional distress. It might be family relational issues or it could be good things. A giant could be something that looks so outlandish that there's no way I could ever do something with this situation. It could be a ministry opportunity, and you're looking at this thing as, man, this thing is a giant. I don't know, even know where to begin to start. I want to encourage you that Jesus Christ can deliver you from any giant, and Jesus Christ can empower you to take on any giant. Amen? Recently, my, my mom was confronted with another giant, and it was a giant of sickness. And the sickness would take my mom's body and and it's called dermopolymyositis. And what it does is it really just constricts you to a recliner. It literally eats away at your muscles. And so my mom went from climbing the mountains of Israel, overlooking Syria, to, to needing to be taken care of and have someone sit with her all day. And you know, when I was looking at that, to be honest with you, I was a little frustrated because, you know, I guess sometimes you may think that you should you get some type of space in between battles, right, that you can regroup. But sometimes you may not get to regroup. But listen, God is still faithful. He is still all powerful. He can still heal any sickness known to mankind. And I'm telling you, I have more faith today than I had two weeks ago. But if I did not stand up here and share with you the struggle, I would be lying to you. And, you know, when you, when you begin to share testimony and things that you're going, you know, sometimes it gets ugly, right? But sometimes you just have to come out and say, that it wasn 't a good couple of months, have you been there? Are you there now it's just it 's just not good, like you feel different about issues, right you 're dealing with situations and you feel like they 're just pounding you in the ground, and you think you have all the faith in the world, and next thing you know, you 're flat on your back, discouraged again, frustrated, you know it took so long. me to just even acknowledge that we were in this situation with my mom. I, I was like, God, this cannot be happening. There's no way. And you could get in that point where you become paralyzed by fear, right? You ever been there? Paralyzed by fear. Don't know what to think. Don't know how to act. All you know to do is throw your hands up and say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I worship you. I honor you. I adore you. And God, I'm not going anywhere no matter what situation comes to me or my family, right? We can start there. We can start in the field of the mundane where you begin to learn about the things of God. You can always go back to that beginning, right? You can always go back to true faith. Faith that says, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm not going to turn my back. I'm not going to get shaken by it. And if I and if and if something happens, and I go on the mat, I'm going to give myself some breather time, right? Breather time. You get up, dust yourself off. You look at the same God that you look at when everything is going good, and you worship Him, right? You worship Him, no matter what situations come. There's comfort and there's peace in that. You know, I look at this situation. She had that about, a, you know, I guess it's two months now. But then a couple of weeks ago, she, 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 we bring her to the emergency room because she says her, it feels like her knees and her ankles are breaking. So apparently this is some type of flare-up. <laughs> and so in the midst of that, we go. She's coming down with pneumonia. She has fluid around her lungs. She has to go into ICU for two days where they can only administer a certain type of drug there by certain nurses. And then from there, she goes into a hospital room for, you know, six days. And in the middle of that, they find out she has two blood clots in her lung. This is not even associated with the dermal polymyositis, whatever that is. I'd never heard of that. (laughs) But Jesus can heal diseases we can't spell, right? That's right. He can. God spoke that to me. I'm trying to figure it out, look it up, and and I'm running myself rampant. And God's like, I can heal that too. (laughs) Listen, battles will spring up in the middle of nowhere. What are you going to battle with? Is it faith? Is it worshiping? Is it honoring God? Listen, you don't ever have to move from that place, even when you don't understand what's going on. That is a discipline in your life that you can stand and you can wait. Amen? And I know that there are spiritual battles that are attached to spiritual walking out and gathering territory. You know, I remember my mom, she was so happy about, about the book. She, she couldn't wait. Man, she'd want to read this and read that. She was wanting so much to be a part of it. And, and I remember when we released it here, she fell and sprained her ankle the night before. And she was so bummed because she couldn't really help. She, you know, she was focused on the pain because obviously something was happening in her body. Then, then we do a, a little thing at Barnes & Noble and and she is in a walker two weeks later. She can't make that. Then, you know, we do a, a little outreach in New Iberia, and, and we did, you know, we entered into the gumbo cook-off. It was really good. It was really cool. I mean, we talked to a lot of people. I mean, we just reaching out, letting them know, hey, man, we meet at, at the evangelist, at the Slime, and just, as, you know, as a, as a as a meeting, you can come. We have worship. We have some so a word, and one of our kids a friend of mine his son actually won the youth division out of like nine people we weren't even going there to win we were just going there to love on people and God honored that and he ended up winning now he's gonna be in like some magazine it was really cool but this is the deal we were talking to some people and they were like, oh, so-and-so. And And this is the thing that they would say, well, we don't mind losing because sometimes they win, you know, multiple times. They said, we don't mind losing to people that really know God. (laughs) So it it was just real neat, you know. When you think about that, you can make a difference no matter where you are, no matter what you are doing. And then later that week, that's when my mom would get sick again. So I say all that to say where there is spiritual progress, you may notice some retaliation or some firepower. If you want to know how how good you're doing with God, maybe you should see what kind of firepower is coming at you. You know, because when you do that, you don't have to go straight into the mully grubs. You can say, okay, maybe this is a spiritual battle and maybe some headway is being made. You know, because I believe that you have to look for the good. You have to look for God's hand in every situation, no matter what it is. Listen, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and everything that happens in your life will culminate to bringing that to pass. You know, so if you live your life, you go to work, you do the things that you do, but you live your life saying, God, I want your purpose in my life to be the number one thing. In all that I do, in everything that I see, I will judge it and view it from that perspective. That way when things come, you can say, okay, God, you're mu- you must be showing me something. You're, you're, you're showing me how to get my feet under me here. You're showing me how to respond. You're showing me what to do. You're showing me how to help others. These are all things that we can look at and grab a hold of. And say, okay, this is going to benefit me some kind of way. It's going to benefit my family some kind of way. I know it will because God says that he works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You see, no matter what battle comes, you never Fail. You're never defeated because it's working a purpose that will far surpass anything that you and I can put our hands on today. So if, the, if God's goal and purpose in your life is the number one aspect of your life, you can always get off the mat and put that thing right in front of you and say, okay, the target is God's purpose, God's plan, God's will. And I'm going to funnel everything knowing that it's got to come in the area of purpose and plan. And therefore, I will gladly receive anything that comes my way because I know I'm furthering the kingdom of God because it's God's allowance of allowing that to, to, to happen. You see, because God could stop things, right? We know that. He, he can calm anything. Now, God doesn't necessarily cause things, but he allows some things to happen. So we need to understand nothing can just come and take you by surprise. That it, that is, nothing can come and just take you that has, not taken, that has taken God by surprise. So you can have full confidence and assurance. And look, some of you may have just given your life to the Lord. You may not have been serving God long. Let me give you a baseline marker. Fear not fear not. No matter what it is, fear not. Jesus said that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, when battles come and they may knock you down, listen, don't quit. Don't retreat. Catch your breath, right? Catch your breath. Listen, I'm telling you, there have so many, so many battles that come. We just get superficial, right? We just we know what verse to quote, right? We 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 just know automatically what to say, but we never take the time to process the grief, right? And then we carry this baggage of grief in situations and disappointments, and we carry it into our normal life, and then we we just don't know how to function and be real. Right? You you need to be real. I am being real with you tonight. Listen, this thing put us on the mat, and there was a time where I was struggling and still kicking and screaming, and the devil would come and say, yeah, well, I trust him. Right? Right? He'll use what, it, he'll use what you, I mean, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And he'll say, do you trust, do you trust God? Do you really trust God? And I had to look at that and say, yes, I'm going to keep trusting God. And I want to encourage you, no matter what's going on in your life, fear not. Trust God. Trust God's purpose and plan, and it will prevail in your life. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. Listen, Jesus defeated every enemy at the cross. So you are victorious because his victory is your victory. That's right. Every victory. It does not matter what we're looking at, what it seems like. We have the victory through Christ. I mean, that's it. When the the last shot is fired and the dust settles, you will be victorious. So knowing that, you can get up no matter what it looks like and say, it looks like I'm being devastated, destroyed, but I know that I'm victorious. I know that God is doing something. Fighting the good fight of faith is fighting to operate and stay in the grace that has been provided. That's really what it boils down to. Like God has given you hope. But if you step outside of all that and you start to get into despair, that hope is still there. you got to fight to stay in that hopeful spot. Jesus is coming back. It's never hopeless. It's never hopeless. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, I do understand. And in that thing, it's still not hopeless because Jesus is the God of all hope. Amen? Your destiny is victory. That is your destiny. That is on the inside of you. That is the DNA that Christ has given you at at the cross. Now look at at this verse. I want to read this to you and and really go through it quickly now. 1 Samuel 17, 17 through 20. And Jesse said to David his son, Take for your brothers an epaph, whatever, however you say that, of this parched grain and these tin loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers, also take these ten cheeses. Is that proper English? <laughs> I'm looking at Nathan with. <laughs> take these cheeses <laughs> to the commander <laughs> of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and are being, uh, and, and bring some token for them. Now Saul and they, <laughs> I, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's how you say. It. That's ESV, man. And they, and and they, and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting the Philistines. Now listen, this is the backstory. David is a shepherd boy. He is out in the field, being faithful. He was not in a military war school. He was in the daily grind of mundaneness, like you, like you and I when we go to work. That's the mundane life. That's just where you are. That's the everyday routine, right? That's just, it's every day. It's just what it is. Work, and you, 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 you go eight, you go to five, you go to lunch. That's the mundane. We get bogged down sometimes in that, right? Because, number one, we're not appreciative that we have a job. Hello, right? But in that ordinary, God can do extraordinary things. Listen, moving the kingdom of God forward does not necessarily come from up here. It comes in your daily life and living as you are living out the gospel in front of people and they are now moving ahead with you. That's how you move the kingdom of God. When they see you going through something and they link up with you and you and you link up with them and you're able to move to the next battle, you're moving forward in the kingdom of God. And that's all God wants us to do is move forward in the kingdom of God. See, the training comes in the shepherd's field or in the backside of the desert. Your life preaches a sermon every day. The things that you go through create amazing Bible studies as you are looking for the answer to to the life's problem that's going on in your life. Right? No one paid attention to David. He was in the lowliest position in that family, just tending sheep. David's brothers is all handsome. They're just sitting there, and, and, and here comes the prophet. And he's like, "God sent me here. There's a king here." And obviously the older brother's like, "Well, that's me. I mean, I'm the oldest brother. I know the rules. I see how it goes. right? It, it, obviously, this guy, I mean he's, I mean, even Samuel was like, "Well, this must be him." But see, if you think about it, God is not interested with the outward appearance. He's not interested in birth order. He's looking at the heart. He's looking at what's on the inside of you. God would say this 1 Samuel 16, 1. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided for myself a king amongst his sons. Think about this. David is in a field fighting off. All the animals that are coming trying to take his sheep. And God is looking down and saying, there is a king. Think about that. In the field of mundane, God selects him and he does not even know it. See, battles can come up at any moment, but so can promotion and blessings. Amen. That's right. Sometimes you feel like you're doing everything right and no blessing. Then sometimes you're out in the ditch somewhere and here comes the blessings of God. Right? God does that so you can get you off your work's treadmill. And I believe God's just like, I'm going to bless you just because I want to. And I'm going to teach you some things just because I'm God. Right? And we got to be cool with that. we got to be okay with it. See, God knew exactly what he wanted David to accomplish for him. He knows every battle we fight. He knows every step we take. He knows every hair on our head or lack thereof. And we fight at different levels, right? Think about it. A lion and a bear. None of David's brothers fought lions and bears. You know, I, like I have an English massive and he's huge. And one time he, he came down and man, I had a bump on my arm. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I couldn't imagine fighting a lion or a bear. That seems huge, right? But what did it do? Listen what it said here. First Samuel 17, 34 through 37. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And he arose against me. I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Where do you think he got the confidence to fight a giant? From the lion and the bear. When he experienced God's delivering power on his life, those experiences brought confidence in him. And it started to, to make him think like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have been able to fight this and fight that and look at where I am. Listen, when you go through the worst things in life, you probably have a thicker backbone than everybody that just goes through one. You know, t- Doesn't it feel like some people just tiptoe tip through, through the tulips? And you're looking at you like, what battle? Why am I always in a battle? And there have some people that's just like, oh, praise God. This fell out the sky the other day, and I opened my mailbox, and there was a million dollars. You know, don't that just make you like, what? But listen, don't look at it that way. God has something that he's preparing you for that he may not be preparing someone else for. So don't look at your neighbor and try to figure out what they're doing wrong, what they're doing right. Focus on God's plan and purpose for your life. Take everything that comes your way, fight it with all of your might, and walk in promotion with God. That's right. Listen, when I think about this, this is where his confidence came from. That's where his confidence came from. Don't you feel good when you're talking to someone that is going, going in a, the same battle that you just coming out of? Like, line that guy up every time. I want to talk with him. But that's where you get your passion. When when I think about miscarriage, I can't wait to pray for you. When I think about cancer, I'm like, God, defeat that cancer in this person's body. That's where your passion will come because you see how it's affected you, right? You see what it has done to you. So if you're fighting lions and bears now, rejoice. A Goliath may be on its way, and it might be a good thing or it might be a battle. But either way, you will fight something that will be part of the plan and purpose of God, and it will move the kingdom of God forward. And that's what we should be excited about. I was learning that sitting in that torture rack of a bed next to my mom. I wanted to study the the life of David, but I'm studying it in this hospital room. And God just began to show so many things. That's what God does, man. You know, you can go try to get quiet time and, man, God, I just, and the phone's ringing and this and that. But sometimes God will be like, listen, I'm going to talk to you right here. And you're going to go through this situation and you're going to learn more in this situation. And you're going to come out of that with more strength and more abilities in Christ, right? That's where growth happens. You know, I was thinking about this. David was just being faithful in his daily life and living. He was just being faithful. That's what was happening. Listen, he didn't get bitter for not getting invited to the meeting, right? Now, his dad comes and is like, hey, I need you to take this over to your brothers. David could have been like, nope, I wasn't invited to the meeting. Y'all figure it out. You take them sandwiches and Epaph and whatever that is. You bring that. But he didn't do that. He didn't get bitter. You can get sidelined in bitterness and not be there when it's time for your destiny to unfold. Listen, if he'd have stayed on the sideline, he'd have never heard Goliath's taunt that would have brought about the platform for him to look at his destiny in the eye, defeat Goliath, and all of Israel would follow through, and David would become king. If he'd have stayed bitter, he'd have never been in the spot God wanted him to be in to become king. Think about that. We can control those things. We cannot get bitter. We cannot get angry. We, when you get a, a task at work and it seems mundane or it seems like, man, really? This Take that, do it, put a smile on your face and be happy because God is watching and that is your field. That's your field. That's what God wants you to do. Listen, here's some things that I learned. All right? Let me just, let me just share it with you. God promotes you with the right attitude in the mundane. The right attitude. You'd be surprised, uh, or let's just say me, not you, me. You'd be surpri- I'd be surprised that you may think or I may think that we're further down the road than we really are, right? Like, we think, like, well, I could could be doing this. This paper cut of Christianity or the line in the bear will tell you where you are. You know, we always think we're further along, but that's really just pride if you think about it. In your journey, God is orchestrating every step, and you're learning every aspect of what you need to learn as we're really going forward. I think of agriculture. You know, my, my, I walked outside the other day, and there was, a, there was my dad's orange tree. Like, my mom then killed everything in the yard. My dad had, like, all, it looked like the Garden of Eden in the backyard. And then, like, my mom comes, start pulling things, you know, just touch it. It dies. It whittles away. Same with me. I'm telling you. Uh, so, you know, there's this orange tree that blooms every year. You know, is, is it bloom? You Say bloom? Bloom? It produces fruit every year. Well, my dad had bought Shannon and I one, uh, like a year, but a year after he he planted his, and he was like, "Man, these make the best oranges." Man, my dad knew exactly. He knew the history. He knew where these plants came from. I mean, he, he knew everything. He could grow a rose garden in concrete. I mean, he just had the ability to really plant. I mean, he knew where to plant it. He knew where the sun was at. And I remember, let's look at the pictures. I took a picture of it. Yeah, look, this is mine. And this is my dad's. My dad obviously has not watered it. He's not here. If my mom would have watered it, it would have died. But I said all that to say, these are about the same age. But my dad told me, he was like, make sure you plant that. It was two years before we planted it. It just stayed in a pot. I still don't know why. All you have to do is plant it. And my dad said, because you didn't plant it, you're going to miss some cycles. And I began to think as I looked at that, those are the same size plants. But it's the faithfulness of being planted that produces the fruit. And so I'm like, man, I was cutting the grass the other day, and I was looking at it. I was like, man, nothing. It's two years, Dad, three years. And then here his plant is, and I eat off of this tree. So look, here's the point. David was consistent in the day-to-day attitude of life. You know, my dad fought that giant and my mom, in a sense, was fighting the lion and bear with him. You know, that's where you learn. You learn to fight in a battle that you may not be in by watching someone else. That's where you begin to train in your field. And listen, what you can do is, cultivate habits of grace what I mean by that is reading your word worship listen you you read the word of God and you're like this don't make sense I'm not experiencing this what is going on that's persevering in the scripture and then prayer is going to God with perspective God this is how I'm seeing it I don't understand what's happening here I don't maybe we don't pray that way but listen, I believe I have a relationship with God. I, I, there's no relationship I have where we just, everything's, you know, amazing. I believe that relationship is we can talk to God and say, God, I know that you're all knowing. I know that you said you will never give us more than we can handle. But I really feel like you might have missed the mark as far as the judgment of where I'm at. <laughs> right? but God, my perspective is not right because you are right. Your perspective is always right. So it's not just flippantly accepting the things that go through, but struggling in perspective to get where God is and say, God, again, my mom, it's frustrating, God. I saw how this played out last time with sickness, and now this thing has come quicker, and now she is almost disabled. I don't like this, God. I'm angry with this, God, but I'm going to come to your perspective because I know that you are an amazing God, that you are all-powerful, that there is nothing that you cannot do. And I will trust you no matter what happens in every situation. I trusted you through all of these babies. I'm trusting you through my dad. And I'm trusting you with my mom. I'm trusting you with my life. I'm trusting you with my family, with my wife, my kid, my future. And that's all God wants. That's all he wants. Listen, I still don't understand. I'm still like, my mom's like, I can scratch my head. And I'm like, that's good. Like, you scratch your head. Then I mean, she's like, I can stick my finger in my ear. Seriously. Now, you, you have to walk with a walker. She, she's walking around in the living room saying, by his stripes, I'm healed. Now she's walking. She's like, I, I, get, I get there in the morning. She's like, come see. And she's making like, today she was doing a Pop-Tart with some butter. And I'm like, wow. But in perspective, that's huge. That's a, that's a great accomplishment. So we need to take the time to celebrate the things in the context of what's going on. And it's called perspective. And if we can sit here with God and say, God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to trust you, but I need some help in the understanding. And when you do that, God will begin to show you things from his perspective that will blow your mind, that will ease your heart and calm your soul. Amen. Come into church. You get around people. Listen, I cannot tell you the how much it means the people that have called, text, cooked food, all these things. That's the body of Christ getting together, coming alongside. You may think like, "What's well, a phone call, Is this and that. But that's strength that comes straight from God when you step out in obedience and do what he asks you to do. You're helping fight other people's battle. I want to encourage you. When God lays something on your heart, don't t- take it as a passing, you know, Thought, take that thought captive, right? To use some verses and apply it to the person that God has laid on your heart. You don't know what that person was just able to take the next step, amen? Pastor Todd always tells us, laugh often because there may come a time when you can't. Listen, this past couple of months, you could have told me the same jokes that I would always laugh at, and there was no laughter coming up. I felt like a different person. And listen, that's one thing about this place. We laugh all the time when we can. So I want to encourage you. Take those moments. Because it, it, it hit me the other day, and I, and I thought about that statement, and it's so true. Amen? Number two, David's consistency in the mundane brought him to that place where his destiny would change. Think about that. What is your day to day that you are doing that God wants to use and change something? Listen, David was bringing a sack lunch, or whatever I don't whatever that word is. You look it up and let me know. Whatever that was, God used it to put him in the position of his destiny. So let me ask you tonight. What are you doing in the day-to-day and something takes your schedule, right, and moves it out of the way? What if that's God orchestrating you to fulfill your destiny, to help someone in their situation, to get them up out of the mud? Listen, perseverance is long obedience in the same direction. That's what perseverance is. You continually move forward. When you, when you stumble through, at least you're stumbling. Keep moving in the same direction, right? Now, there was a time, this is one of the things that I wanted to tell you, share with you, because I'm I'm about to just close it up here. In that daily obedience, I I look at nurses. I have such a respect for nurses and doctors. My mom would be on this thing called Lasix to rush the fluid out of her lungs. And so she would have to have a bedpan to, you know, urinate or whatever. So the doctor would have to, I mean, the nurse would have to come in and put the, the bedpan under her. And, you know, do what she did. And it would be like sometimes every half hour. And all them nurses in New Iberia, go, go New Iberia, they would come. And, man, different nurses smile on their face, happy as can be. Oh, can, hey, Miss Carol. And change. And God spoke to me in that. And God was telling me. That's their ordinary. But that became extraordinary to us. That was like showing up to battle with my mom. And when I look at that situation, I remember God specifically told me, that's what I do for you. I will clean you up every time you call. I will, I will fix your situation every time. It may not be how you want. It may not be exactly what, but I am doing something. Can you keep your eyes on what I'm doing and not the final outcome? Now, what if our ordinary really is the key of taking advantage of every situation we come across to find God in. Listen, we're the church. We should be thinking this way anyway. Right? We should be like, okay, this, this thing could lead to this, which could lead to a relationship with the Lord. So these nurses are coming in, doing their, their normal things. Then in comes the physical therapist. Now, one of the girls, which was really cool, my mom and dad and her mom and dad were at MD Anderson together, and they were encouraging each other. As her dad was fighting cancer. And so she's in here helping my mom. And then they had this other guy, he came in and he was like, Listen, I get my Christmas bonus on ayayas and oyayas. I know. And what he meant by that is my mom couldn't lift her arm, and he would get her to lift her arm, and she'd say, ya,' And he was like, There you go. He was motivating her. When, when she would get tired and she could only do something in the bed, that motivated her to get out and push forward and walk down the hall. And God was telling me, Kelly, you celebrate every movement as you go forward with me. If you think that this, this is insignificant, you celebrate it because that is what I do for you. God celebrates the victories in our life. We just don't take the time to look at it because we're judging how big we consider the victory. And and these halls would be long and she'd only get to this door and then further down. And God was there telling me, just showing me that I am there to walk with you in the halls of life. I will encourage you to get to the next step, to the next door. And when I, when I would see that, it was extraordinary because it's what I needed. Then I think about Pastor Todd came on, came on an ordinary visit. My mom's oxygen levels were at 92. If you get lower than that, you're in trouble. And they would stay at 92 with oxygen, getting up to 95 sometimes, but they said, we need you at 100. Pastor Todd came, pray, bless God, and just began to pray in the spiritual aspect of this, the heaviness, the grief, all of those things. As God is looking at me right now, me and Miss Tanya were looking at each other, and that thing was going to 99 and 100, and it would stay at 100. My mom got out of the hospital the next day. Praise God. I said all that to say an ordinary hospital visit can be the extraordinary power of God. Make yourself available. God wants to use you. Amen. Can we stand? I had a third point that I really probably shouldn't share because I feel like you'd need to be in a class or something. But, uh, let's just say I didn't do so well and I got sidetracked in a side battle. You got time? In a side battle, my eyes were focused, you know, on, on your sock, how you, you put a, the, the seam, gets in your way, and it's like, man, I don't know if I could go all day with this seam in my, right? You know what I'm talking about? You, you change the socks over. It was something so small. But listen, when you're depleted, when you're aggravated, you will look at a situation and you will focus your eyes on that. And God don't even want you to fight this battle. He wants you to fight this battle. And this thing will take on a life of its own. It becomes the greatest thing on the face of the earth. And you know what it can do? I, I struggled with temper, okay? I did, struggled with temper. My temper was like, all right, let's go. What, what are we waiting on? I was getting to this point where I was so aggravated with a situation because all my focus kept going on that. And I thought, I thought about David when he should have been at battle, right? On the, when he's, he's now the king, and he's on the battle, and he, Bathsheba catches his eye. And look at what that ends up happening. He ends up having the husband killed, committing adultery, and the baby dies. And I remember as I was reading that, I thought about that. Man, these side battles is where bondages happen. These side battles is where we go off to drugs because we say the peace of God isn't working. So then we go run to this bondage that was there. And what happened is I strapped myself in the old man. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to handle this situation. Prayer, force, whatever. And God intervened. Because I looked at the situation and I was serious. I was like, Jesus, just stay right here. And when I went, I was like, this thing is going to happen. Things are going to get said and it's going to be dependent on, on them. And I was so pricked in my heart because I remember thinking like, Kelly, that is not you. Pump the brakes. That's God's grace intervening. And listen, there's no telling what would have happened if I reacted the wrong way. So I'm saying all that to say, if you have to with Christ, doggy paddle in the the storms of life. It's better than walking on the water with the devil. Listen, I don't know what battle you're in, and I don't know where you are in the level of your frustrations and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm telling you, hold on to Jesus. You don't have to talk. You don't have to explain. Just hold on. Let the emotions happen, but hold on, because guess what? Jesus is not going to take you to act stupid. He's going to sit there, and he's going to calm you down, and I want to pray that for you tonight father i just come right now in the name of your son jesus lord i shared what i felt like you wanted me to share god i ask no matter where your people are tonight god that you would intervene in those situations god that you would give them wisdom and revelation on how you are speaking to them lord and that you would show them great and mighty things that that they do not yet know. And God, I'm asking because I know that your grace is there even if we feel as if we deserve it, if we feel like we should be operating in it. Lord, I know that that grace is all sufficient. And God, we don't have to work it up. It is available to us. God, I ask for your grace to be on every situation. Lord, if there is shame here, let shame be broken right now. If there is fear here of the future, let fear be broken right now. God, if disappointment is here, God, I ask that you would allow your people to have the joy of the Lord resonate and begin to be resurrected on the inside of them. God, even if their situation may not change, Lord, I'm asking that their perspective would change drastically. And Lord, that they would see you high and lift it up And God, I thank you right now that you are all powerful, that you can hush every storm. Lord, I ask that you would teach your lessons to your people. And God, that you would help them along in their journey. And Father, we just honor you tonight. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace. And God, I thank you that situations are turning around as they are gathering perspective of the the heavenlies, God. Lord, I honor you. I thank you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray and ask. And the church said amen and amen. Praise God. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, come up here. We'd love to pray with you. And if not, have a great evening. God bless you.